Good afternoon, this is Gary Kavner here on TRSI. Today is Friday the 14th of the 8th. I hope you've been well since we last spoke. Michael, how have you been? Warm. Good. One day closer to hell. (laughs) At least. We've had a, a couple of things. I want to start off actually by congratulating roundly Irish media for proving we were once again wrong, Michael, to think... Well, not even to think so little of them, but to doubt their beneficence. Do tell. So we complained for weeks that Irish media had not been releasing the body cam footage of George Floyd, and they didn't for weeks. Well, a couple of weeks. I mean, it's been only about a couple of weeks. That would still tend to fall in the categorisation of weeks. But the Irish Independent has done so, and they have released the uh, body cam footage showing... Events leading to George Floyd's death. Now, interestingly enough, there's two body cams. Each goes for about 30 minutes. The Independent has put up about 30 minutes of it. Yeah. I think. Sorry, actually, no, the Independent has put up eight minutes of it. It's on a page with no author. And the only text is warning distressing content. Police body cam footage related to George Floyd cases being made public. The footage shows George Floyd acting very anxious as officers try and pull him into the back of a police car. Uh, This is the the Independent. It is what the kids might say, Michael, a low-effort post. But they only show one body, one cam. I think so. I think they only have Thomas Lane's one. Now, Grip to put up on social media, we took and YouTube, both of the body cameras, edited side by side with the audio synced, so you can actually watch the event unfold from both officers' perspective. Mm -hmm. The only edit we did is I think at certain points we turned down the audio on one if one is doing something kind of more important. But uh, it's it's going quite well. It's almost as if people think the story is important, even in Ireland. There you go. Also, now the Indep- we can't say the Independent hasn't showed it, because they have showed it in an edited form. And like CNN, but if CNN didn't really care. <laughs> and definitely weren't going to put resources into it. Yeah, um, maybe the T-boy did it. Maybe. No name on it either. No. That's the thing about being the T-boy. You don't get a byline. Uh, when I when I try to get the footage, because when the Daily Mail leaked the footage, after that the judge just said, okay, look, you can get the footage. So I had to email the courthouse. Yeah. I go, hi, can I get the footage? And they sent me back pretty much just a list of what the judge has said. And I went, right, yeah, no, I've read that. Uh, because I got true to you through the form you told me to use, which should have been the first hint that I've seen that because I filled it out, you fucking idiot. Okay. And then eventually he was like, no, you can't actually get a digital copy. So I had to acquire one otherwise or get someone to go to the bloody courtroom. And I'm, I'm guessing you didn't get someone to go to the courtroom. Well, I can't comment possibly on how we acquired that video in high def, Michael. With, But we acquired the videos in high def anyway. Cool. I know. Hi, Def. Whoa. Breaking. <laughs> this video is available in better quality presentations. Please click to get more information. But it is available now. People can see it if they want. And the Irish media has covered it. No one else but the Irish media has covered it. So we will no longer say or imply unkind things about the Irish media's control over narrative information. We won't. Ever, ever again. Ever again. I'm hoping we can get through this podcast. Mm. Eh. We'll see. America, though. Oh, America. We're in America already. We may as well stay there. 
for other news for a little bit of while anyway considering that this has ruined my trip to america this year so i may as well just talk about it kamala harris oh yes Joe Biden is no longer a racist uh, sex freak. Yeah, which is good to know. Which must be good yeah. for his wife to yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think I, I think it's good for all of us. It must be relief for Joe because it's hanging around his neck, because that was at least the impression that Kamala Harris had previously given that Joe had been involved in all sorts of inappropriateness and touching and things with the ladies, and was some kind of nasty racist old-fashioned, bigotry kind of guy. But having been chosen to be his VP candidate, she has accepted. Now, obviously, Gary, she wouldn't have accepted if she believed that those allegations were true. I mean, that is a bit awkward, considering that when she was running against Joe, she did say, I believe those allegations are true. She's been on a journey, though. Yeah, she's evolved. She's been, I, I believe, I believe. She didn't say, I, I know that they're true. What is knowledge, Michael? Well, you know, that's a good question, Gary, but I don't know if it's a Do we know things or do we just believe things based on an imperfect view through fallible sensory organs, which, when presented with new information, such as the possibility of becoming president when Joe dies in nine months, may review the information? Well, yeah, that's one way of looking. Most people shorthanded saying that. And to be fair, I suppose she didn't say that she believed he had sexually uh, harassed those people. Or, well, she didn't believe that Joe was anything. She did just say, I believe them when talking about them. Yes. Hashtagged. We've said we won't speak anything ill about the Irish media, Michael, but I have very much enjoyed the Irish uh, media's headlines. Did you see the Irish Times? Camilla Harris is the future, so Mike Pence may well be history. Wow. Are you saying the Irish Times is taking a position where they're going to more actively support the Democratic candidate rather than the Republican candidate? Yeah, because, I mean, it's not like they're going to write a totally honest and unbiased opinion on this, which would be Joe Biden picks best black woman possible for VP. Yeah, because let's, I mean, he has now nailed down California, which must have been a worry. Oh, yeah, I mean, that that's on knife edge. It's not like the Republicans just don't even bother to run anymore. The they, they did, however, Michael, have a little bit of a negative slant on it. What was that? Kamala Harris's policy vagueness could yet be a drawback. Well, her policy vagueness is so, is so deep and so vague that the Washington Post managed to write a whole article about her describing her as a conservative with a small c. Now, having read the article, I was left as informed and enlightened as I was when I began it regarding the nature of our conservatism. They never actually mentioned anything in it which would have... the kind of thing that you'd associate with being a conservative. But this is the line. She is not radical. She is not extreme. She is small-c, traditional conservative, much like Joe Biden is. That's, that, I think, seems to be the story we've decided to run with. You know, Michael, do you ever hear the phrase that uh, only those who understand evil can commit evil? Basically to say that animals can't be good or evil because they don't understand evil. Okay, you have to have, in, you have, to under, have intent. Yeah, you have, to, you have to... Intent and understanding. You need to be both satan, uh, sentient and sapient. Yes. And you need to have an understanding of it. In the same way it's unfair to say an animal is good or evil, I feel it may be unfair to say Joe Biden is anything politically. Because I'm not sure there's enough of them left. Well, 
I suppose if you're going to be kind, you'd say that Joe is something of a transactional politician. But you know what? I don't think that Kamala is probably a whole lot different at the end of the day. And, you know, there's we have enjoyed the scenes on the American right and in commentators poring over the things that she has said in the past about Biden and putting them up into her, putting up the clips and then putting up the clips of what she's saying about him today. But you know what, lads, that's politics. She she was running against him before, now she's running with him. Wow. I did like, did you see the New York Times when they were talking about it? They said the headline was pick scene is safe, but energizing. <laughs> yeah, energizing. What I did find a little bit more actually amusing wasn't so much the Republicans or the the, the conservatives doing their thing because they couldn't quite make their minds up was she a good pick or a bad pick should they attack her or should they attack trump is it was trump is it biden is biden the top of the ticket or not what was more far more f- fun was trawling through the, the prominent liberal liberal commentators and there were a number who said well there's no doubt there are two people i will definitely not be supporting i can say at this stage kamala harris and joe biden because of X, Y, and Z, particularly their criminal stuff. They, to be fair, I mean, Kamala did have a bit of a reputation as being a bit of a hard ass in the process, which is a bit of a problem for the Republicans because there's a sort of a let's attack her for being too tough on crime. Yeah, it's not a great time to be attacking somebody uh, in the Democratic Party for being tough on crime. I think tough on crime may sell rather well this year, uh, particularly with that middle bit of the bit, bit of middle America that. Those the, the, the Democrats and the Republicans are going to have to fight over. But I mean, perhaps we are underestimating uh, Kamala. She's doing incredibly well with the Irish newspaper demographic, the Irish Examiner. They wrote an editorial saying reasons to hail historic nomination of Kamala Harris. And again, the Irish Examiner also once uh, said that students we brought to America were akin to serial killers from meeting Mike Pence. Sorry, no, school shooters, not serial killers. That's a very important Yeah, that'd be more a spree killer rather than a serial killer or a mass killer. That's true. You know, so. That's true. So, I mean, there's legitimately nothing they won't write. Pretty well. And, um, yeah, the journal, their article was a fearless fighter who is Kamala Harris, Joe Biden's pick for his vice presidential running mate. That was from the Associated Press. Interestingly, with reporting from Dominic McGrath, so that's strange. I generally assumed when you took uh, when you took articles from the AFP, you didn't edit them. Mm, yeah, I thought that you took them as was. Mm, apparently not. Apparently, you can um, you can edit them. So I mean, she's flying in the demographic that doesn't actually vote in America. Well, yeah, that's good. But historically, Michael, that hasn't been a key demographic for winning the presidency, due to the not voting. Due to them not voting, they have very little and you know what even at the media level you would be surprised Gary surprised and I suspect shocked to the effect to the extent that voters in the suburbs of Pennsylvania do not read the Irish Times editorials there are parts of the Florida panhandle where uh, Fintan O'Toole is almost unknown it's hard to imagine people still living in such deprivation it is but you know we should put them on the troker box <laughs> For only three euro a month, this child can be informed of Fintan O'Toole's views. We should make, yeah, we should buy a subscription for all of the public libraries. I think Troker might go for it. You know how they are these days. Oh, God. Don't even joke about it. (laughs) 
as we somebody might hear it by accident and go, oh God, you know, that's a really good idea. There is actually a good article in Politico, um, the Politico magic magazine, called The Media's Sudden Crush on Kamala Harris. And it's from their, I think their chief political reporter. I'll link it in below the, the article, uh, below the podcast even. Yeah. And all it is, is it just explains, here is what, not the newspaper, but here is what this particular reporter said about Kamala Harris when she flamed out during the debates. And here's what they're saying now. And those things are very different, aren't they? Oh God, look how different they are. <laughs> and basically says, look, she's going to become a VP. People are uh, basically being very nice to her. The final line is, from now until November, keep this fact in mind as you scan the campaign dispatches and commentary for pulled punches. Basically, they think she's very likely to become the president as no one really expects Joe Biden to get through the full term. Mm. So everyone is being very nice to her and everyone outside America, she's not Trump. So, and she's not Biden. So you don't have those weird sexual assaults just, or those photos of him being near a woman. I, I don't know if it's a great platform to run on, you know, vote for me. I'll die in the first part, my first term. I, I, I don't know if that's an inspiring platform. I don't know. I've I've been talking to a lot of people about the Trump re-election. And before COVID, I actually, I know the polls were against him then, but I thought he had a very good shot. Yes. Just based on, mostly on the economy. Now I have no idea. I feel, I think as it gets closer to the election, he's going to become stronger though. Um, But it, he's really not helping himself. He's not, and... We don't know. We just don't know how COVID is going to go. The American economy had been rebounding at a much higher and faster rate than anybody had predicted. Whether or not that's going to continue is open to question. New York, New York is looking pretty bad. California, pretty bad. Lots of places. But then again, COVID, if it does... To the extent that it becomes a big issue, if it's a big issue in predominantly democratic territories, is it going to make a big issue? Maybe it'll make an issue in the popular vote, but is it going to change the shape of the electoral college? Is I don't I don't know. I, I it it's so hard over here, Gary, in your distance to try and sift through the news reporting at this. It's it, you really do long for the days when you could. You could pick up a newspaper or go turn on the TV and have a sense that, okay, we know these guys are coming from a particular position, but more or less, there's going to be a, there, there, there's a good faith attempt being made to report something approximating the news. I don't, you don't really have that sense. I, I don't know who to, to turn to for that anymore. No, I mean, anything that relates to Trump, I mean, you can't read most of the Irish newspapers on it. There's just no point. I mean, I cannot remember who the Irish Times Washington correspondent is, but they do not fill me with hope for the accuracy of anything outside of the raw facts. Orange Man, we all know Orange Man very bad. Orange, Orange Man bad. Orange Man bad. Orange, Orange Man bad. It's uh, Suzanne Lynch. It would only be marginally better if it was any other Democrat, any other Republican the way they treated Romney, it was the same way as Romney was treated by the American press. Now Romney is somehow a walking saint. <laughs> I remember when Romney was a racist who'd end the country in flames and hang black people. He was actually going, and, actually uh, put them back in chains. 
Yeah. Here's just to, to give an idea of, of so there was a deal signed. Uh, well, there's an agreement. Um, Trump tweeted it out earlier, and it it was between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Mm-hmm. It is a major piece of foreign affairs news. The Palestinians are deeply unhappy with it. Yeah. But here's the the subheading on Suzanne Lynch's piece on it in the Irish Times. Agreement between the two countries described as a complete sellout of Palestinians. And people have said that. People have also said many other things. They decided to make that the key point. Yeah, it's... Well, it's a choice, isn't it? It's a choice. It's a choice which also reflects the evolution and the change in the reporting on the Middle East in Ireland, irrespective of American involvement anyway. So. I, I, I think that you were saying there you don't know if it's a good thing for Biden to run and I'll die in office. I think Biden will run effectively on a return to normalcy and you know, stop the riots, stop it. These are only here because Trump is there. When he goes, they will go, which I think is a naive view of things. But I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how many people in America will not say they would do anything for Trump, but will vote for him because the discourse is now so poisonous over there. And how many people just want this to stop? They just want it to stop. They're just tired. They're tired, and they're, they're the COVID. They're going. To, they're tired of COVID. They're tired of the constant low levels of civil disobedience that are happening in any in a, in any a number of cities across the states. It, it seems that even if they're the flames are not climbing high into the night, that there there are several loci where there are just this low level of civil disobedience, rioting, a little bit of looting, a little bit of... Oh, here's here's the Suzanne Lynch article I actually wanted to find from June of this year. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump's political success is based on racism. Okay. Then she has a piece on Barr, when uh, Barr, the, who's the Attorney General of America, decided to send in federal troops, or sorry, federal enforcement agents like not police but from i think they're from the border control units yes but not troops either um to protect federal locations in the cities because that's federal property and firstly it says Barr defends trump decision to send troops into u.s cities and the subtitle is systemic police racism denied by attorney general accused of spreading fear and violence it's hard to imagine what that would sound like if it had been written by the democratic press office well, here's the first thing. The, the first line of it is um, the U.S. Attorney General William Barr defends the Trump administration's decision to send federal agents to Portland. The title again, Michael, Trump decision to send troops into U.S. cities. But they're not troops. And he didn't send But in the first line, they're federal agents. Yeah. So if they're not troops, and troop is, troop is military or paramilitary group, but primarily military, you'd think that would be the sort of accuracy the Irish Times would care about. They're not the army and they're not the National Guard... They're from a federal agency. In this particular case, I think it's it was the the border, which was possibly Homeland Security, because they have jurisdiction within a certain, as long as you're within a certain distance of a foreign border, which could be Canada, or a sea, an, an international uh, sea, sea coast, so the Pacific Ocean presumably would qualify for that. I think that's what was going on there, could be wrong but yeah there weren't it wasn't the u.s army or, or it wasn't the, the wasn't the national guard the national guard or the navy or the air force but that's just petty fogging. they do later in the piece say federal troops again federal troops i mean that sounds 
to be honest, the only, normally if you talk about federal troops, you're you're talking about the the, the history of the Civil War. I, I I think we I think we're going a little bit inside baseball on this one. It's the we're now discussing the Irish Times uh, dictionary choices. Yeah, hey ho, an endlessly fascinating subject. Well, I suppose. If you have a hobby, you know. It's just one of those things I actually find quite interesting. And enough people listen to us that I assume at least some of them find it interesting. Because if a reporter lies, you can say, you lied to me. If a reporter doesn't publish, you can at least say, well, you didn't publish and that was news. Yes. And you made an error. But if a reporter publishes in a way where nothing they say is factually incorrect, everything keys it to only be read in one direction, they have misled you. They have deliberately presented an image which is not concurrent with facts on the ground. And the cumulative impact of that is absolutely massive. But I've had arguments with journalists where they say, all right, point to anything I said that was incorrect. And you have to sort of go, well, no, it's it's not what you said. Nothing you said was incorrect. It's what you didn't say and how you positioned what you said. But then you're into this really... It's, it just doesn't have the impact of being able to say, well, you're wrong. Or... You didn't publish. Well, in this case, I think that the use of the, fe- the words like federal troops are 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 are. Uh, uh, what was the what was the title in the title? What was the, in the the headline? What was the phrase used? Uh, Trump decision to send troops, troops into U.S. cities. They're not troops. They're not. They're, uh, they're, it's not. They're, they're not. They're not federal troops. So that's what is it to lie? It seems to me that to lie is very simple. It is to speak in such ways to deliberate deliberately speak in such ways to deceive. That's a lie. If you're speaking in such a way as to to deliberately deceive some another person, then you're lying. There's a book I, uh, by a philosopher called Harry Frankfurt, mm-hmm. and the book is called On Bullshit. <laughs> it's an essay he wrote during the 80s, and it basically presents a philosophical theory of bullshit. And the difference between uh, a lie and the truth and bullshit, mm-hmm. it's actually, it's a very short book. But it's actually well worth reading. I think it was, yeah, it was originally just an essay. Um, but it's, you know, it just, it just comes to mind. It sounds like a man who I was a, a Mel Brooks fan. Mel Brooks in the history of the world goes to get his dole. And he's asked, what does he do? And he says he's a stand-up philosopher. To which the lady in the dole office says, ah, a bullshitter. And asks me, has he bullshitted this week? And has he tried to bullshit this week? Otherwise he won't get his dole, of course. <laughs> uh, did you see Gary just while we're still in the states, and then we can move on? Did you see the rather interesting poll, which was taken by YouGov uh, polling company in the United States? Was this about the vaccines? Yeah, uh, this is this is the point at which I think. Do you know what? I know the American politics are very important, and the presidential election is going to have ramifications for us all but you know what maybe the time is now for the rest of the world to quietly just uh, throw off the old connectors and just gradually move away because the united states may just maybe just going through a little bit of a moment gary a little bit of a psych, a, bit, a little bit of a breakdown the question was do you agree with the following statement bill gates wants to use a mass vaccination campaign against covid-19 to implant microchips in people. Yes, 28%. No, 44%. Unsure, 32%. And just for, you know, because it's even more fun, when you break those down into parties, 
the Republicans, 44% of Republican voters, said that they believed that Bill Gates was going to use this mass campaign to implant microchips in people. 20% of Republicans said no, 36% were unsure. So, 80% were either believed this was the case or thought it might be. I don't think that this is this is a this is a nation, Gary, which is having a little bit of a breakdown. Oh, no, it wasn't that high. It was what? It was yes, twenty eight, unsure thirty two. That's the global. I was giving the last numbers I gave were the Republicans. Uh, yes, yes, the, the numbers. It's it's oh, it's only fifty percent. Only fifty percent of Americans. Even on the Democrats, you're still like you're still into the forties. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're into forty exactly. Forty percent. Yes, 18, unsure, 22. Independence, you know, the great hope. Independence, the Greens and the Libertarians and all the rest of them. Yes, 24, unsure, 31. It's, um, of course, the thing is, as somebody said to me, uh, when I, I, I point to this, I showed, point this out to them, and he said, yeah, Michael, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much on this. I'd like to see what the results were in Ireland before I went too mad over the top going to be honest this 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 i've heard people say this the idea that there will be a max vaccination campaign against covid19 to implant microchips into people all i will say on that is this the average person carries a number of technological devices which have the absolute capacity to track you and to do anything that could conceivably be wanted by implanting microchips into people so regardless of any other fact about practicality or likelihood or why, it just doesn't seem necessary. Why bother? If there was a vast conspiracy that wanted to microchip people, surely they'd just use your phones. You carry them everywhere. They are beside you when you sleep. Yeah, it's like you, I'm sure, met like I did many people who were deeply opposed to the idea of downloading any app which was going to be associated with the test, the tracking and testing for COVID, so that you know they could be contacted if the app was turned on, if they were found to be in proximity of somebody who then tested positive. Oh no, no, I'm not having that. No, I, I'm not your techie type of person. But it does strike me, Gary, that if this is, if this, if they did want to gather information on you in a nefarious way for nefarious purposes. And the guys who are saying this to me, they're, oh, I'm never going to do this, are the same people who use Google Maps every day and Google calendars and use the cameras on this and microphones and everything is left on and enabled. And they think that if these guys engaged in nefarious activity wouldn't have a way of doing this anyway, I, 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 struggle, I struggle to believe that... The, Everything and anything that they want to do, they couldn't do already. But there we go. So I, maybe the, the listener out there is of a mind with these people. That he doesn't want Bill Gates. It's also, is Bill Gates doing this personally? If Bill Gates is doing this by himself, while I admire his, you know, his engagement, and he has given 350 million of his dollars, I know so far, to the research uh, into getting a vaccine but is bill gates himself going to go around the country and just injecting people it's going to take a long time 
I'm sure he's a dedicated man, though. Yeah, but I still think that he's going to need lots of little minions. And that's the other thing. When you do, when you do this kind of thing, you think you need lots of minions. It's just, I can... There are certain conspiracies that you look at and you go, okay, that either makes sense or I can see why someone would do that. I just don't think that's happening. Whereas this, this just seems like a massive amount of effort for no real payoff. Uh, yeah, it, must, it sounds expensive as well, doesn't it? it? I mean, it does sound very expensive. Also... I mean, depending on how the the vaccine is is distributed, maybe entirely unsuitable for a microchip. Even if they inject, things grow out of you all the time. (laughs) This is also true. And then you just like people just start finding microchips dropping out of them. I feel people would question that. I think people would people would start to have would have an issue with this. I did. I did mention that to someone, and they paused for a second, and then looked at me and just went nanobots <laughs> absolutely okay that that sounds even more expensive anyway, that's america for you to move from america to scotland although this is of interest to ireland as well we have the hate speech bill um it's gone through consultation now I, there was meant to be another consultation round this year yeah we took the evi took part in the first round um, had quite a good conversation for maybe four hours or so with some fairly high-ranking people in the Department of Justice. I Well, I think we also, to, you know, not to blow one's own trumpet, I think we had also submitted two very good papers um, written by uh, a lawyer and by one by, by a lawyer, one by a philosopher. They both were... Both professors in their field. Both professors in their field and very reasonable also very reasonable and decent men and i think that they they did a very good job for us we're hopeful that maybe some of the ideas and maybe have will have been taken on board but the politics there rather than will be what what will drive that it will be um however the, the i feel very much that the the politics has decided this is happening and i'm not sure if there will be more consultation i think they may just try and push this through and say, just take what they've got from the first round and say that due to COVID, a second round was not uh, was not possible. Or maybe there was a second round and they just didn't invite us back. But you know what's depressing? I mean, leaving aside that the fact that they think that this is a good idea in the first place when I can't see any reasonable justification. What's genuinely depressing is if you look at what happened in the United Kingdom, there was real serious civil society pushback. Well, this is the thing. We we see now that the Scottish, have, they'd been looking to bring in a new law um, on, on hate speech and a couple of other things as well, but primarily hate speech. And they now look like they're rowing it back because they got a lot of pushback from civil society and the arts. Whereas in Ireland, I mean, you have the the Council for Human Rights, the ICCL, like, they could not lick the boot quick enough. Oh, they were hot for it. Oh, yeah. Panting. They were They were on for this. It was shameful. I mean, for an organisation, which I th- imagine when they go to bed at night, they dream that there's something like the IC- the ACLU, you know, mm. back in Skokie, um, defending the right of Nazis to march. But They're not. They They're are, a bunch of twee middle class people. They have no commitment to the no, even to the notion of that, that such a thing as rights exist in any kind in this in, in a prof, in any kind of a profound or absolute sense, and they've said so. 
Was was it the boss of the the civil liberties guy who who, who was who was talk, opining how what a wonderful thing the the lockdown was because it gave us an opportunity to look at the kinds of policies. Oh God, yeah, I forgot about it. It was in the Irish Times. He didn't even have the common decency to keep it to his own fevered dreams and presumably sexual sessions. <laughs> he actually said, "Look, isn't this wonderful? All the things we can achieve." Basically, when what when you suspend the normal practices of the rights of individuals to behave as citizens. Yeah, it was the the title of it was "There is no conflict between human rights and public health measures," and it it was always oh, an amazing piece. I'll put it down below. I know we've talked about it before, but um, it was it was spectacular. Well, of course, there's a conflict. I mean, I don't know how you could. I mean, there is no way you cannot say there's conflict. That's not to say that it's a conflict that can't be resolved. But there's a has to has to be a conflict. I I my my personal part, and I we won't go into this because this is just I I I can't I can't do this again. Is it starts saying well we've got to look at balancing rights rather than suspending one right in favor of another, and then they when they're talking about property rights. Oh, oh yeah, property rights. Oh yeah, property rights are not rights. They're just they're just the tired orthodoxy. What was it the was it? uh the yes so the established orthodoxy about legal protection of property at which point you know fuck off however if you look at scotland what's happened ron atkinson uh prominent actor, jk rowling actor, people now, people from both the left and the right, right uh, this is something that ron atkinson has been talking about and campaigning about a lot for a long time they wrote a letter Composed by the human, they, or rather, they signed up to a letter, composed by the Humanist Society of Scotland, so which can, I can't imagine the humanists over here doing the same thing. Although maybe I'm being unfair. Um, it wasn't just them, but Penn, the Scottish branch of Penn. Penn is kind of the the writers' uh, union, if you like. Talked about the concerns that uh, writers and artists had about this kind of control of uh, of creative people and how it can affect it. You had AC Grayling, I mean getting AC Grayling to sign up to anything, the philosopher, shall we say the I think sensible. Slightly cranky philosopher. I enjoy AC Grayling myself, but there you go. Um one of the the key issues they have with it was the fact as the quote was the failure of the bill to require intent to be proven in court on some offences risks a significant chilling effect on free expression. And that's very important. The British Labour Party came out and said this is ridiculous. The Law Society came out and said this was unclear. The police. Then, I mean, the police came out and said that they would then be policing speech and they had no wish to do so. And I've gone through the proposed text of the Scottish law. It is far clearer than what is being proposed in Ireland. Because again, the, well... We ha- don't have the final text of the bill, but the consultation was looking at removing requirement to prove intent. Yeah. Which is to say they were re- looking to remove the requirement that if you were accused of any sort of hate crime, that someone would have to show that you acted with hate, that you had intended to commit a hate crime, as opposed to just saying something that some lunatic said that's racist about. Yeah. Or that's transphobic, or that is anything it created and that by the way would have gone both ways catholics could have easily used that as a weapon 
as easily as any other religious group. But what it did was it created, which is something which is absolutely contrary to any kind of decent jurisprudence, a completely subjective crime. That the crime existed in the experience of the person who felt that the crime... It was enough... It was enough to feel that that for me to feel that this had been uh, to experience this as hate for for it to be hate. When we were talking to the Department of Justice, I made this point to them, and their response was, "So you're concerned that if we remove intent, innocent people will be found guilty of these crimes?" And I said, "No, my concern is that if you remove the need to prove intent, guilty people will be found guilty of these crimes, because it's no longer sufficient." to say that wasn't my intent. They won't be innocent, improperly found guilty. They will be guilty as the law is written. Yes. Even if they had no racist bones in their body. You hear, they, who, there would be no defence against it. And they, and they would, in fact, be guilty. It's like that wonderful story about the... Uh, from Ron Atkinson, the, with this little scene where he says, well, of course, you know what happened to the last Lord High Executioner? He was in a too much of a hurry, and he signed his own death warrant, and it was presented. They went, they went, and they came for him. Well, well, they should. He should have told them that they had the wrong man. He said, "Ah, but they didn't have the wrong man. They had the right man, and they had the paperwork to prove it." In this case, they would. It wouldn't have been innocent people. It would have been guilty people. No, that 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 may seem like a very minor thing, but it's in fact a very major thing. It's not that you'd be innocent, and you could show your innocence didn't matter. It wouldn't matter. didn't matter what you intended or if it was ridiculous. You were guilty because another person took offence at it. And that is what they are currently examining. Now, the Scottish law doesn't go that far, although it goes quite far. It's also a terrible piece of legislation. But what we haven't seen is any sort of civil society pushback in Ireland. We haven't seen the public get enraged about it. And so why shouldn't it happen? And in Scotland, it's actually very similar. The SNP want to push this through. This is primarily political. Yeah. In in Ireland, it's primarily political, but it seems to mostly be coming from the NGOs who are, you know, you know Bill Gates joke that um, about the death of something where he said, well, I don't think we've lost a cancer cure. Yeah. Don't think if the NGOs went away, most of them, barring some of the local ones, we'd in any way have a worse Ireland. In fact, we'd probably have a substantially better one. A lot of them are effectively funded by the state to lobby the state. Oh no, that's exactly what they're... They're funded by taxpayers to lobby against taxpayers' interests. And I'm not saying that polemically. I'm not saying that as, oh my God, hard right, libertarian, conservative kind of thing to say. That's just a fact. Again and again and again, you find instances where these people are... Who maybe once upon a time actually did something akin to voluntary activity or a charity... But now have realised that actually the real business is in lobbying the government to change legislation or to give them more money or to force the government to raise, to give tax, uh, taxation to pay for whatever it is that they want. But they they use their. It's a classic example of you know, the, 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 where small groups of highly organised people can can succeed where large groups will fail because. In the great scheme of things, no, you can't get enough people excited about five million here or five million there. But when you when you add them all up, it's serious serious amounts of influence. This this is a good one. Um, this is a very minor thing. Just if you're curious, remember David Thunder, the professor, wrote a piece in the Irish Times in December of last year, 
and he said legislation against hate speech is ill-advised and counterproductive. He basically said not every harmful or undesirable behaviour needs to be leg- legally yeah, regulated. Absolutely. Now, in general with journalism, you don't choose the headline and you don't choose the photo. And the art of photo selection is an art art form entirely of its own. Mm. If it if a paper does not like you, they can damage you purely with the newspaper photo that they run. It's spectacular. And you can kind of tell how pissed off newspapers are at certain politicians because the photos get worse. Yes. And you think that doesn't influence you. But it's a very small thing that they can consistently do. And you look at it and you sort of go, well, he looks tired. He doesn't look like he's on top of things. But the photo they chose for David Thunder's article was um, someone giving a Nazi salute at the um, Charlottesville march, which is not going to be the majority of what's covered under this in any way, shape, or form. It's going to be standard things that you might say and someone takes offence to. But it is just interesting how easily Irish civil society has rolled over and either decided not to defend this because that might be unpopular and people might say things about you, like, why are you defending this if you don't hold these views? Or, like, actively supporting of getting really close to just another rant about the ICCL. Uh, Lisa Clark here is in quote. She says, We know that for many writers, the realisation of the right to freedom of expression is put at risk because they live with a fearful awareness and often direct experience of hate crime. Uh, the bill proposes much that would help to defend groups, the diversity. So, But the problem is that when you take out intent, then you're left with this comp- this morass. There is, there is nothing. It is purely the sensation. It is the fact of having experienced this as, as a victim that creates the crime. And they say, well, no, no, it won't be that. But the problem, I don't see where the parameters are otherwise. You're going to rely, ultimately, on the good sense of the judge. Well, I should imagine it'll be judge rather than a jury in these cases. But I don't, we, well, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know what, and we don't know what the, will the, will it cover, how's it, or will it cover, or they're not saying it will cover, but how, how it will cover social media, how it covered. Things like on 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 Twitter and Facebook, and will, for example, a reposting or a retweeting of something constitute a hate crime? Probably it will, if they find that there is hate in the first. And what will it mean to incite or to inflame? How 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 are we going to measure that? How are we going to define that? It's it's when you get law and it's as fuzzy and unclear as. So far, the discussion in Ireland has been about... But, listen, the law... There are laws like this all over the world. There are bad laws everywhere that they exist. That's really not what my concern is in this. Although, I think the law is worthy of concern, and that's why the Edmund Burke Institute, we've been lobbying against it. It's the absolute... Abs- it's What kind of a civil society are we left with, Gary, that there isn't... It's just us. It's just one small, little... Tory, Burkean group of people with a little educational charity. A little uh, education and a little knowledge of history going, you know, historically this hasn't ended well. This doesn't we're go just, well. We just want you to know that. Where are the I mean, where are the actors and the poets and the writers? Where are the, the musicians? We're, we're constantly told the whole point of the left 
is about creativity and expression and freedom against the sen- and uh, fighting against the censor, fighting against the man, parodying and ridiculing those in power. Where are these people? Here's the thing. That, that may have been true when the left didn't hold the cultural power, but now they do. So there's no more creativity against power when you are the power. Well, they are the cer- they are certainly the censor. So that's if you want to, I suppose, know where where does the power lie? Go to go to see where the censor is having his lunch, and he's having his lunch with the left these days. Did you specifically not use the Voltaire quote because of the point I made about children with cancer the last time? <laughs> I'm avoiding the Voltaire quote. But did that happen on the podcast, or was that just a private conversation? I think that was a private conversation. Michael brought up the the quote from Voltaire that to find out who rules, you see who you cannot speak ill about. I said, ah, yes, children with cancer remaining constantly on top. <laughs> Just as a point, the BBC, we were talking about the, the way the Irish Times covered the Israel-Palestine deal there. Whatever way you, you think about the, the deal itself, the BBC's review of it is not complete sellout of the Palestinians. It's Israel and UAA, uh, UAE strike historic deal to normalise relations. And the first line is, Israel and the United Arab Emirates have reached a deal to normalise relations with Israel agreeing to suspend its controversial plans to annex parts of the occupied West Bank. No. Which is in fact one of the major components of this deal. Now you go to the Irish Times piece, it does mention that Israel will be, well it doesn't say, it says put on hold. But what it does, it talks about how Joe Biden has responded to Donald Trump's deal and then it says he's warned Israel against any future plans to annex the West, ba- West Bank, a policy priority of the current Israeli government that was put on hold as part of the UAE deal. That was, in fact, a core component of the deal. Which was a, a deal mediated by Donald Trump. Which comes in at about the 17th paragraph of the Irish Times article. Oh, well. Oftentimes, I think they're just not very good at their job. Well, that's what we all hope. And then it talks about how terrible annexation would be to the peace process. How Joe Biden, what he's saying about the peace process, about the deal he had no impact on, and about the annexation, which is stopped as part of the deal that was just signed. And, as I said, mediated by Trump. Uh, mediated by Trump. And precisely that bad thing, which they're talking about, is a very bad thing, and it has been stopped and stopped as part of a deal mediated by Trump with the Emirates. And it is, it is, it is legitimately a fairly complicated like the, the Israel-Palestine conflict, and the area around it and the relations between them are very complicated. And it is, but it is a historic deal. And um, yeah, the countries themselves have said it's historic and a breakthrough towards peace. Uh, Israel doesn't have diplomatic relations, as the listener doesn't know, with a lot of countries near it. They refuse to recognise. Israel. Yes. So for the UAE to basically say we'll normalise relations puts them on a path towards a more sort of sustainable peace in the region than has been the case for many, many years. It also, they didn't involve the Palestinians in it at all. Well, they wanted to, they wanted to get a deal. So. Yeah, so that involves not talking to the Palestinians, who despite a lot of the countries around Israel speaking very warmly of, most of them want absolutely nothing to do with. Zero. Yeah, very, very lovely people who you don't want as neighbours or in your country. Absolutely not. That's a joy that will be reserved for the Israelis. And for the Lebanese, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
I don't think, well, this is my sense, Gary, I don't think we're going to solve the uh, Arab-Israeli conflict tonight. Maybe you might do that next week, but uh, perhaps we'll just allow the listener to go out and enjoy what is supposed to be a very warm and lovely day. Uh, until then, we shall be back on Sunday for our Sunday miscellany. And uh, so I would say stay safe and mind yourselves till then bye bye oh and if you have a donation to the iccl counselor <laughs> okay